For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to another episode of the Dirty Birds of Brews podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Didat, Falcoholic Kevin, here to bring you a combine primer for the Falcons as the combine has already started by the time you're seeing this video because it's going to be coming out on Friday. Uh, with the defensive linemen and the linebackers working out on Thursday. Uh, there is an article up on the Falcoholic that I was able to actually complete uh, so that if you need the the scoop on the guys to watch uh, in terms of the edge rushers, in terms of the interior defensive linemen, the tackles, the nose tackles, that sort of thing, uh, there's an article up on the Falcoholic that you can check out. Uh, it's going there right now. Uh, but not going to have time to get to full write-ups of the other positions this year. A uh, little bit behind in the scouting. So we're going to do a little talk through it. I'll give you guys some ideas about some of the guys that I like, some of the guys I saw at the Senior Bowl. The, basically the guys to watch out for for the Falcons on the other three days of the Combine. Um, starting on Friday, we're going to get the defensive backs. That's the cornerbacks and safeties along with the tight ends. Um, and those work out sort of at 3 p.m. Eastern. If you're interested in watching them, I think they're on a lot of channels. Um, Saturday, it starts at 1. It's going to be the QBs, the wide receivers, the running backs. So definitely some guys to watch in there for the Falcons, no question. And then Sunday uh, is the offensive lineman. Also starts at 1. Again, that's not a spot I think the Falcons are really going to be all that interested in unless some guys fall. I mean, I think they'll be looking at the day three guys. But not really going to spend a ton of time on O-line today. I think the Falcons kind of are more or less set there. You know, we obviously have the question mark of like, is Caleb McGarry going to be here past next year? Is how long is Jake Matthews going to be playing at a high level? But that's probably more of a next draft sort of issue. Um, you know, I'm not overly concerned about uh, those guys at, at this stage. So I'm going to focus most of today on the DBs, the QBs, and the wide receivers, because uh, those are, I think, the, the three positions that the Falcons are really going to be looking long and hard at in this draft class. Uh, before we dive any further, I want to bring you guys a real quick word from our sponsor, BetOnline.ag, folks. BetOnline continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. We've got March Madness coming up for both men and women. We've got the NBA after the All-Star break. I'm sure Adnan would advise against betting on the Hawks, but you know, you guys are adults. You can do what you want, uh, but no matter what you decide to do, Check out Bet Online. They've got up to the minute odds, stats, and trends, and you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in game live betting contests and all the best player props around. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mobile device. So, what are you waiting for, folks? Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team. And remember to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, the game starts here. Okay. Let's let's dive into Friday's group first because it's probably the group you're going to be watching right about the time you're watching this show, um, and that's I've done a, quite a bit of work on corner 
and a little bit on safety. So I can talk a little bit about safety corners where I did more work at the combine. And I, I do think considering that this team, you know, AJ Terrell is going to be up for an extension, maybe this off season, but next off season at the latest, right? So they've got some decisions to make there. And cornerback two is just a complete question mark right now. Jeff Okuda is a free agent. And, you know, we do have second year corner Clark Phillips, who did play outside a little bit um, and was had an up and down rookie season. I mean, I think he had some really good games and then had some less good games. Um, but I, I think Clark Phillips showed enough that you can trust him as a rotational corner and perhaps more than that, you know, if the new coaching staff really likes him. But we'll just have to see. I'm not sure that the, the trust is necessarily there to just hand cornerback two over to Clark Phillips. I think they need to get another guy in here. Um, so I think they're going to be looking at corner, whether it's a high price edition or more of a depth edition. That's sort of more of the question, but this is a really good corner class. You know, there's, I think probably four to five guys that will go in round one, maybe even six, depending on how desperate teams are towards the end of the, of the, of the round. Um, and you know, guys to watch, obviously Quinion Mitchell from Toledo was the big winner from the senior bowl who just sort of dominated uh dominated all around did a great job and he's definitely one that's gonna have eyes on him he you know might be in contention for one of the fastest 40 times so definitely keep an eye on him i don't really think the falcons will be interesting because again these are the first round guys but uh nate wiggins from clemson another guy has an opportunity to run one of the fastest 40s uh he he's definitely a well-rounded corner that would be a great addition. You know, Terry on Arnold from Alabama has generated a ton of hype with his season. So he's in contention, I think, for the top corner as well. Um, and then a guy that I think has kind of gone under the radar um, is Cooper DeGene from Iowa, who has played safety and then played outside corner at a really high level this year. I think he's kind of a really intriguing, versatile piece for your secondary that can kind of help you wherever you need it. Um, you know, he's not quite necessarily the athlete, maybe, of some of these top guys, but very good, very well-rounded cornerback. And then the other two guys that might be in that contention for first round, Kool-Aid McKinstry from Alabama. I think everybody knows who he is. Big, long corner there. And then Ennis Rakestraw Jr. from Missouri, who had a really great season and sort of lifted himself into that discussion. You know, those are the top six that I think are all in that first round consideration. And thus, I don't really think the Falcons are going to be interested in any of... The, I mean, they'll be interested, obviously, if something were to happen and they were to fall. But... I don't think they're really in true contention for those top corners. I think that's a little rich for what the Falcons need and considering their other needs, probably going to be pushed down the board more than that. But the day two guys, that's really where to look because I think you could see the Falcons target somebody in this range. Um, you know, TJ Tampa from Iowa State would seem to fit what they're going to do. I really like uh, Mike Sainer still uh, from Michigan. He's kind of an interesting like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson sort of player in my eyes that has played a lot of nickel corner, has also played a lot of safety. Um, you know, I think he's more of a slot corner, but I think he he has the safety ability. And he's kind of an intriguing guy if he's lingering around into day two that you might bring in to, to give you like another chess piece in your secondary. Um, you know, I know everyone uh, will know Kamari Lasseter from Georgia, certainly an option uh, to play outside corner. I think the FSU duo is really intriguing with, with Jerry and Jones and Renardo Green. I think those guys are kind of under the radar, you know, somehow, um, but good players there. Uh, and then you have the Senior Bowl standouts. Um, Kyrie Jackson from Oregon, like, lit it up. Uh, huge corner. I think he fits the scheme that the Falcons are probably going to run really well. Um, I think he could really blow up the combine with his testing. And that would obviously 
be huge for his stock. Uh, it might lift him out of the Falcons' range, but at this stage, I think if the Falcons are looking at third-round corners, you know, Kyrie Jackson, Jerry and Jones, Renardo Green, you know, the other senior bowl guys, Cam Hart from Notre Dame, did a really good job all week. Um, really liked what I saw from him, and I think he's an intriguing guy to watch for sure. Uh, Chris Abrams' drain, the Falcons met with uh, earlier in the week. We know that for sure from Justin Mello, who were reported that so he's definitely someone to keep an eye on he had a good week as well and then Jarvis Brownlee Jr. from Louisville another guy just had a good senior bowl week um and is likely to be around in that like late day three range where the Falcons are probably considering a corner like seriously I I doubt the second round pick is going to go towards the the cornerback position or safety you know in safety there would be maybe one guy and I somebody I've already mocked to the Falcons so we'll talk about that in just a second but it's a good corner room. There's definitely other guys on day three that are worth considering. Um, like Kalen Carson has kind of fallen off uh, from Wake Forest. I like him a lot. I think if he's there on day three, that would be a great pick. He's just very technically sound, just good player. Um, you know, I got more. I haven't really gotten into the day three guys yet, so um, that's more of a, a later, <laughs> later target for me. But um, that's these are sort of the day two ish guys that I like. And safety. Safety's not as deep. Corner's very deep this year. Safety, not as deep. There are certainly intriguing guys on day two. And the one that I would circle that if this guy's there, when the Falcons pick in the second round, it's not necessarily what a lot of people are sort of thinking. But Tyler Newbin from Minnesota, I think he's clearly the best safety in this class. I think he's kind of a prototype NFL safety. He's big. He's physical. He can cover. He can hit. He's got great ball hawking instincts. He checks all the boxes. He'd be, I think he's a high-level starting safety in the NFL. And to get a cheap guy like that to pair with Jesse Bates, that's the best case scenario for the safety position that the Falcons could have. If you get, that's what they were hoping for with Richie Grant. Obviously, it didn't work out. So it's not like any guy's a slam dunk. I I will say that I think Tyler Newbin's a lot more of a slam dunk sort of pick than Richie Grant was. Um, I think, you know, Newbin has got better size. I think he's got more athleticism. I think his instincts are way better. He doesn't need to be coached up as much. So I think Newbin's kind of a slam dunk. In the second round, obviously, that means you can't take a wide receiver. You can't take an edge rusher or whatever else you, it is that you might need there. But I would encourage people to watch his tape and, and um, you know, get acquainted with him because I, I think he would be kind of a sneaky good pick there for the Falcons, even though it's not necessarily what a lot of people are expecting. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of Javon Bullard fans uh, from obviously Georgia player. Very good. But again, not really the prototype that Newbin is. Small safety going to have not like he lacks physicality but going to have tackling issues in the NFL more than likely covers well had kind of an up and down senior bowl but it's hard for safeties to stand out at the senior bowl I mean it just kind of is um they have to do a lot of one-on-one stuff and it's not every safety that's not their game you know a lot of guys are, are coverage guys and that's more what Bullard is but love Bullard's energy um and I think he's going to test well so we'll see how that goes obviously like Cameron Kitchens from Miami had a good senior bowl Another top safety prospect, you know, maybe a little bit earlier than what the Falcons will be looking at spending. Um, I really like Jaden Hicks from Washington State, a a guy that's like a big sort of hybrid linebacker sort of safety. Um, He's kind of an interesting one for sure. Kalen Bullock from USC has been climbing boards. Um, Tyke Smith, if they're looking for that sort of slot safety hybrid player, he's another one of that. And then a guy that I've always just liked and appreciated is Sion Vaki from uh, Utah, the running back safety hybrid, not one you see a lot. Reminds me a lot of Avery Williams. Um, I think he's got that returnability. He's a very good runner. And I think he's actually a good safety too. Um, you know, I don't know that he's going to be like a plus starter at safety. I think he, 
I think he would be more of that like early day three jack of all trades can help your roster in a lot of different ways type of guy similar to like an Avery Williams was um I think he's a little bit higher end in terms of starting ability than Avery Williams was at like corner um but I think so I think I think Vacky could start as a safety um I don't think he's like a Tyler Newman level safety or anything like that we're gonna be talking about that but again he doesn't have a he's a guy that is it really intriguing two-way player? You don't see a lot of those in the NFL. He's definitely interesting. So that's sort of my, my short list of guys that I would be watching on Friday uh, to see if they stand out. And there will definitely be some guys that surprise and pop up on the radar from some good workouts. So definitely keep an eye on them as well. Moving over to the offensive day. That'll be Saturday uh, where we're going to see quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs. Again, not really going to be paying attention to running back. I haven't really scouted it this off season. Um, it's just something that I think is not going to be a big point of emphasis for the Falcons at all. Um, I think they're probably going to look possibly with one of their day three picks. They do have several. Um, and if they have a guy that they really like in that range, you know, they, they do need a running back three Avery Williams. We just don't know how healthy he's going to be. Um, but again, they, they could use like a six, six round pick or like a, a couple undrafted guys come in. I don't think this is going to be like a major, addition but it is something that this is a team that's still going to rely on the run maybe not as much as Arthur Smith did but you look at what the Rams did they relied on Kyron Williams a lot and when he went out they didn't they had trouble replicating his production so that's going to be an important position the Falcons obviously have two good running backs so it's not a screaming need but getting a good running back three because they're going to need that guy to be able to perform if, if there are injuries um is, is important, but not like a, a top need. So I'm just not really paying too much attention to that. I do like guys like Frank Gore Jr., obviously, with the name. Um, I think he's a really intriguing fit as like the third running back here as more of that, like more similar to Bijan. Doesn't have the size that Bijan does. Um, doesn't have the contact balance, but just super explosive, uh, fun guy. Um, I, I haven't watched him a ton, but the, the flashes, like the clips I've seen, he looks interesting. So again, as it, and he doesn't seem to be going super high in the draft because of his size. So um, if they're looking for more of the athletic guy to pair with a Bijan and, and Tyler Algier, I think he could be someone that's interesting, but what you guys want to hear about is the quarterbacks, right? Um, and you've heard me talk about him. I, I'm not like an expert quarterback scout. Um, so, you know, take, take my opinions with the grain of salt. I know a lot of people already, you know, hate my, my opinions on, on many things. So this should just be one more thing, but yeah, I mean, I'm not thinking anything controversial about this quarterback class, really. I mean, I think it's Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jane Daniels, top three. Um, I do think J.J. McCarthy will probably be my fourth quarterback. I've kind of warmed up to him a little bit um, just because I think I see the potential. And I think a lot of the criticisms of, of McCarthy have to do with the fact that he didn't he wasn't really asked to be the leader of that offense. He wasn't asked to carry the load. He wasn't asked to throw the football a ton. That's not really a fault thing, and I don't really think it has anything to do with a lack of talent or ability on McCarthy's part, but you haven't seen it, so you have to project that out. And I think some people, when they project it out, they're like, oh, well, he's just going to be this great quarterback and all that. Like, no, no, calm down a little bit on that. But I do think I see why he's going to be the fourth quarterback off the board. He's a dual threat. He's got a great arm. Um, You know, I think the coaches that have talked about him have, talked about him as being a good processor, someone who really works on his craft. If you look at his technical ability, his throwing motion, the way he, his mechanics as a quarterback, they're, they're very good. You could tell this is a guy that has put in a ton of work to get mechanically sound and get 
his his technique to where it needs to be. Now we just need to know, can he actually read the field? Can he do all these things? You know, he's got the dual threat ability. Can he be a consistent runner if needed? That All that stuff. I see why he's going to probably be the fourth quarterback off the board and maybe even be a top 10 pick. Um, but I'm not going to put him higher than the top three guys. But but he doesn't have the medical questions that a Michael Penix has. And he has, and he doesn't have the arm questions that a Bonix has. So that's why I would put McCarthy above those two. I think Penix has certainly shown a lot more as a passer. Uh, Penix has his own suite of issues along with the medical stuff. I have no idea where he's going to end up going, but I certainly do like Penix a lot. And then Bo Nix, I think, is just a classic high floor, probably very high-end NFL backup. Like, Nix kind of feels a little bit like a Gardner Minshew type quarterback to me, where I don't know that teams are going to really be excited about starting him, but if you do have to start him, he'll be fine. Like, he'll get you... He'll get you through, and he could possibly even help you make the playoffs. But is he going to actually separate your team from another team and, and be a difference maker for your offense? No, I don't really think so. I think he's more of a distributor, a, a you know top point guard type guy. Um, but that's not. There's no problem with that. I think that's going to lead to him probably going late first, early second. I just don't really see the ceiling with Knicks. I do really appreciate how he's grown as a quarterback. Same thing with, in in a lot of the same ways as Jaden Daniels, who guys that were kind of you know, really struggled early um, and have grown a lot since since their early, uh, since their first stops, you know, Bonix at Auburn, Jane Daniels at Arizona State. They've really grown and, and leveled up as passers. And, you know, I do have Drake May at two. I know the buzzy thing is to put Jane Daniels above Drake May. I just, I personally don't see it. I mean, I, and like, I love Jane Daniels. Like I was talking about Jane Daniels being a top 10 pick back in like November. And some people were thinking I was crazy, but it's, you know, and I'm sure I was not the only person doing that, to be clear. But it's just like, Jane Daniels is great. I love his rushing. He's such a talented runner. He's got a beautiful deep ball. But, like, I think if you look closely, he doesn't have tremendous... I think his arm is good. I don't think it's great. I think he doesn't get tremendous velocity on his throws. It's more of a touch pass thing. And that's fine. You've seen guys that are perfectly... You know, Matt Ryan's deep ball was kind of like that. um, Where it was more touch than, you know, more like trajectory and placement as opposed to just rocketing it down there. Um, Matt Ryan, I think had better, obviously more experience passing the ball and had a lot better, like intermediate velocity and stuff like that. And that was kind of what made Ryan special was his accuracy there. And I don't think Jane Daniels has that, but Daniels obviously has the dual threat ability. Um, He's small, like he, he he's thin and he takes bad hits. Um, So I worry about his health, Uh, but the way he's grown is undeniable the way he's grown since his Arizona state days. And really over the past two years, undeniable. You love that. It shows that he's a guy that's willing to work on his craft. that's going to put in the work to really improve. And so I don't really have any questions about Jaden Daniels. I just think it's kind of rich to put him above Drake may, who I think we've seen do some more advanced stuff work on a, and, and this year, you know, may had to overcome a lot, bad supporting cast, bad offensive line for the most part. Um, You know, I, I think, May has shown a little bit more, a little bit more consistently. You know, May is also a guy that can be a dual threat. I think May needs to maybe run a little bit less, actually, uh, and stay in the pocket a little bit more. But I just think May is is a prototype guy. He's got the prototype size, good arm. Again, not a great arm, but a very good arm, in my opinion. Um, more than enough to check all the boxes for you. I think he, he throws to the middle of the field very well, um, which is not something that a lot of college quarterbacks do reliably 
um, and I really like that. Uh, and it'd be cool to have two Drakes on the team too, right? If he somehow falls to the Falcons. But and then Caleb Williams. I mean, you know, you guys can go read up Caleb Williams stuff. I just think he's got something special to his game that the other quarterbacks don't. I think he's got the prototype athleticism. I think he does have the best, you know, arm. Like his arm is really quite special. Um, I just, you know, he's not going to be in play. He's going number one. You can kind of mark that off your boards. So we're not going to spend too much time on Caleb Williams, but very interesting quarterback, very unique guy. And that's why he's going to go number one overall. Um, <clears throat> where the conversation gets really interesting is at wide receiver. Um, and I think there's a lot of guys, pretty much anyone on this list could be in play for the Falcons, to be completely honest, because I think they're going to sign a wide receiver in free agency. They're probably going to sign multiple. I mean, I think they're going to bring back like Kaderil Hodge. Maybe they bring back, uh, you know, Van Jefferson, because maybe he's a little bit more experienced in the scheme they're going to run than the one they were running. Um, but I think they will bring in a, you know, significant free agent wide receiver, not like a top guy, but like someone that, you know, can be trusted as like at least a wide receiver three to give you a, a floor, you know, like uh, Tyler Boyd is someone I really like um, in that role who can play the slot for the Falcons and can can fill a, a need with a veteran there that you can just trust and rely upon. So that's that's a guy that I, I think they're going to fill one need there, but they, they're probably still going to draft two wide receivers from this class and there's and undrafted free agency is going to have a lot of good guys this is going to be a class to watch for that as well without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But the one guy I would take off your board is Marvin Harrison Jr. Because he could go as high as three and is going to be gone by four, more than likely. He's, he's not going to fall to the Falcons at eight if they're picking there. And I don't see any scenario where the Falcons trade up for him either. Um... Marvin Harrison Jr. is a great wide receiver prospect, tremendous, really exciting guy, but I don't think you're going to pay the premium it takes to trade up to get Marvin Harrison Jr. Like it, it for the Falcons with Julio, it made a lot more sense because they had the quarterback in place. They knew they were kind of that receiver away from being a top offense and the team is not in that scenario. I don't think they can afford to give up assets to go up and get a wide receiver. And the other side of the coin is you're probably going to have a choice of a wide receiver at eight. That's very enticing. Um, if Malik neighbors or Roma Dunze is there at eight, I think that would be very interesting. Um, I would not be shocked if the Falcons do go that direction. I know some fans will be very against it. Some fans will probably love it, but they do need another big time receiver across from, from Jake London that there's no question there. So I think if you get one of those guys early, really exciting stuff, you know, I think both those guys are going to test well, specifically neighbors as well. He's just such an exciting athlete. Um, but, you know, it, we'll see. But you add that guy and you get Tyler Boyd in here, then it's like, okay, we're cooking. We got, we definitely got something going here on offense now. Um, there's like a little cluster of guys that I feel like might go too early for the Falcons to have a chance at in the second round. But if Atlanta were to like trade down or trade up or something like that, you know, guys like Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU, another guy that would be really nice to see in this offense. Troy Franklin from Oregon be perfect compliment to drake and i love his slot outside flexibility too he'd kind of be perfect but gonna go too early unfortunately um ad mitchell from texas 
Uh, love what he brings too. So he's an exciting one. I know there's a lot of Lad McConkey fans, um, and I I don't blame you. <laughs> he's very exciting. Uh, definitely more than just a slot guy. Uh, has that explosive speed. And I think we're going to see that obviously when he tests on Saturday, but um, you know, again, a guy that might be gone before the Falcons pick in the second round. So you're really looking at that sort of second group of like Jalen Polk from Washington is someone I'm watching closely here. I think if he tests well, he'll be probably the top guy for me in that area for, for Atlanta. Um, Keon Coleman from FSU, you know, there's some athletic questions there. He's got great size and physicality and all that. And I think he moves well on tape. Like how athletic is he? That's a big question mark. Jermaine Burton from Alabama doesn't have athletic questions. That's for sure. So he's another guy that could be in play. If they're looking for that guy, you know, that sort of athletic player, the senior bowl guys, you know, Roman Wilson, Ricky Pearsall and, and Jamari thrash are all in contention in that like mid to late day two range. I think they're very exciting players. I would love to get all of them. And then, you, you know, Xavier worthy from Texas is the speed demon, right? Um, definitely an interesting player too if they're trying to go for that ultimate deep threat sort of mold which they need um and then and then you just get to another group of just really good sort of wide receiver two three type of guys like xavier like from south carolina i think is really interesting um didn't have the best senior bowl i I don't think he had a bad senior bowl i know some people have kind of said that i think he had a good senior bowl it wasn't like as impressive he didn't blow the doors off it like roman wilson or ricky pearsall or thrash or anybody like that but he had a good senior bowl um, you know, Malachi Corley from Western Kentucky, I like a lot as well. Um, he had a good senior bowl too. And then, you know, you've got the next group of guys like Jalen McMillan, you know, Tez Walker did have a bad senior bowl, but you know, I, I think he's, you don't just completely turn the page. He did have some nice things on tape this year. Um, yeah, Tez Walker did have some nice things on tape this year. So I don't think you, you throw throw out stuff there. And then Brendan Rice from USC, I, I do like. I like him less for the Falcons because I feel like he kind of is like a diet version of Drake London. Um, and I think he's got great hands. I think he does some things really well, but I, I think he's a little too similar to Drake London. I don't think he brings enough dynamic ability that the Falcons really need in the receiving core to justify him. But... You know, I think he's a good player, so I wouldn't be upset about getting him, obviously. Um, Javon Baker from UCF is a guy who could see his stock go up a lot. He had a good senior bowl, and then if he tests really well, he could definitely launch himself into that day two uh, range. I would like it if he didn't, because then we might have a chance to get him in like the fourth round, but, you know, whatever. And then you get your day three guys. Um, Malik Washington from Virginia is a guy I think is actually really underrated. Small, but really exciting guy. One of the best receivers in college football last year. Malik Washington, someone we should be watching on on early on day three for sure. And then J- Jacob Cowing and Luke McCaffrey, and two more senior bowl guys. You know, I think Cowing, more of that dynamic guy. McCaffrey, more of that like well-rounded slot receiver. He's only played receiver for a couple of years, so he's got a lot of developing to do, but he's got good size. I think if he tests well, that'll help him too. Just a guy that can be that sort of inside-outside guy. He He has a little bit of that flexibility to his game a guy that i like a lot um so that those are the guys i'm watching most closely at the combine this weekend um you know obviously the falcons will be looking at offensive line because i think if guys fall or if say like if joe alt's there at eight i think it would be really hard to pass on that i think there's like no chance he is because he's the top tackle and he's probably going to go like four five six without question but if he were to fall then yeah i think you probably take the swing on that franchise caliber tackle, do some shuffling, maybe a trade McGarry 
see if Matthews is willing to, to slide over or maybe you start all on the right and then have him move to left in a couple years, you know, whatever it is you want to do, but you would probably have to consider him. But mostly I think the Falcons will be looking at those offensive line guys on like day three. And I just haven't gotten that far down my draft board yet. That's why I'm making this show behind on the writing aspect of it too. But don't worry guys, we'll have lots of, of content coming. Um, I'm going to continue getting through these guys. It's just a really deep class specifically at edge and interior defensive line. So it's like, I wanted to, to kind of get to the day two guys from those position groups first. And it's kind of just like taken up the entire month, like getting to there's so many guys. I mean, I didn't even, um, you know, talk about edge and interior defensive line on the show. And the day two guys that I watched, you know, I watched 15 edge rushers and 13 interior guys. Uh, and it's already 30 minutes of talking without even talking about those guys at all. So it's a deep class. It's that, which is a good thing for the Falcons, especially when they have all these picks. So, uh, it's it's a good one. I think this is going to be a fun combine too. So and and you never know who's going to like pop, who's going to really impress in terms of the athletic testing and and have people take a second look at him. Um, because the athletic testing should never alone push a guy like way up, but it could encourage you to be like, oh, this was a guy I thought was undraftable, but he's got that elite testing. Let me go look and see if some of that showed up, or or maybe for guys like me that aren't scouting three hundred players, you know. I'm probably not going to watch the late three, late day three guys outside of my favorites. Um, but if you see a guy that tests really well, it's like, okay, maybe this guy's worth a look. You know, let me, let me take a look and say, oh yeah, there's actually some nice things on here. Maybe, maybe that is worth, worth a pick or, or priority free agent type of thing. So it's always exciting to see who, who rises from this event. And and I think this is going to be a particularly good year for it. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to watching these over the next few days. Like I said, um, Thursday was the, the defensive line and linebackers. So you, probably already know about that if you're watching this on friday which is when this is supposed to come out fingers crossed um and then uh on friday which is when this is coming out it's going to be the defensive backs um so you know take a look at that i think the tight ends are also going i didn't really talk about the tight ends i'm not really looking at the tight ends so you know it is what it is i just don't have time to look at tight ends i, I kind of think it's going to be a little bit of a, a de-emphasized position on this team so they may take like a blocking tight end or something like that, or, or they may try to get a depth guy in here, but I don't really think they're going to sink significant resources into this position like Arthur Smith was. So, um, and then Saturday you've got the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, the running backs, um, which again, we just talked about. So, uh, have a good combine. Enjoy it guys. We'll be back obviously early next week with a post combine mock draft. Talking about what we learned from this week's event. Um, but yeah, until we get to that, guys, thank you so much for watching Dirty Birds and Brews. Uh, I'm Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin. Please like, subscribe if you enjoyed it on YouTube. Tell your friends. Uh, leave that five-star review on your podcast platform of choice to help the show grow. You can check out the community Discord server. Uh, check out the channel memberships if you want to support the show. Get access to early versions of these. Uh, usually you get them about a day early, maybe, maybe six to eight hours early um, before they publish. Uh, same thing with the Patreon. If you're a podcast listener, you can get early access to a lot of the podcast audio um, and some also exclusive stuff that we're going to be doing here soon. We're going to be rolling out uh, some viewer mock drafts, live mock drafts and stuff like that. Um, obviously, we have the Patreon Fantasy Leagues and all that fun stuff that are going to be coming up. Um, and then we got training camp on the horizon after the draft is over. So uh, there's going to be fun stuff going on with that as well. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will see you next time on the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast. Thanks again to Bet Online for sponsoring today's show. Have a great day, folks. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early 
so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.